0: Chosen to read from Luke chapter 23. And I could just read one verse, but let me read a couple of verses here. Let's go back to verse 20. We're talking here about the account of Jesus' death. So we'll pick up a couple verses here, beginning with verse 20. Let's try that. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate was willing to let him go, but the crowd was crying, Crucify him. So injustice has always been in our world. And he said unto them, The third time. Why? What evil hath he done? Verse 24. And Pilate gave sentence. I'm going to skip down a couple here. That it should be as they required. He gave in to them. Verse 25. And they released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison. So they gave them Barabbas, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Now, my text is in verse 33. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, they crucified him. My message today is entitled The Place, which is called Calvary. Could we set our Bibles aside just for a moment and lift our hands together? And let's ask the Lord to help us to receive his word today and Let's thank him for Calvary. Could we do that all across the building? Father, thank you for this praise team. Thank you for the spirit that we feel today. And I thank you for anointing, Lord. Allow the conviction of the spirit to touch hearts today and move us with the gospel. Let the gospel minister to our hearts in this service. We've worshiped, we've enjoyed it, and we ask that the gospel will be preached in us, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Good to see you. I didn't see Billy back there. It's good to see Billy has joined us and others. I know there are probably several. Even though we have one of those Sundays where folks are here and there, we have several at the conference. And we need to remember, Brother and Sister Cole, they actually really eighty in their mid-80s and they still... Our honorary members, they're right there, a part of everything that's happening in our general board. One of the largest Pentecostal denominations in the world, and they sit as honorary board members of the United Pentecostal Church, and it really uh, is a, a very tiring time for the Coles, so please remember them. But also, Sister Cole is being honored, is it tomorrow night or Tuesday night? I believe it's Tuesday. Tuesday. She's being honored with the ladies department and uh, we, we mentioned this earlier but remember our bishop and his wife that God will bless them. I'm preaching today from verse 33 and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary there they crucified him. The place Which is called Calvary. I can assure you this morning that Satan hates this place. He thought that it would be a place of defeat, that it would be a place of total defeat, that it would always be viewed as the crime scene that it actually was, but in fact, when I hear the word "calvary," I don't only think of the injustice that took place there. There are many injustices in our world. All you have to do is hear hear it. I, I remember the other day i don't forget where we were. I think Brother French was with me, and I said, "Remember the Alamo. You don't have to say much, even with as poor a history as we're doing in our School system these days, most folks get the idea that when, when you just bring up a term, that people can understand that place and those events that were there. But when I hear the name Calvary, something happens to me. Something begins to stir in my life that while I am saddened by the events of Calvary, and while we look at what took place there, and of course the gospel writer Luke was trying to draw our attention to it. I want to, I want to talk about the place of Calvary. But I want to assure you today that Calvary means something to me today. We are living in a day when folks can almost have religion over chewing gum. We're in the generation where folks can get excited about the most mundane. I heard recently of a young girl that was murdered for her tennis shoes. You say, well, what what was the brand? That's the kind of day in which we live. When a life has no more value than something as simple as something you wear on your feet. I was reading this morning early and last evening at just Sister French and I were talking about the finding out who the child was that all this time they had been trying to find who who had killed the child and all this time they had been looking and then they discovered that it was actually who it was and it was her own mother of course this will all go to court and you say well she's already been tried in, in the press and so on Well, that's probably true but the report is that her drug addict boyfriend they took a young and I realize that we do have some young I'm trying to be kind of look around make sure I'm not missing folks here but that's the kind of day in which we live So when I say Calvary, oh, what it means to me. There was a time when I had no hope of salvation. But, oh, thank God for Calvary. Hallelujah. I was without any hope whatsoever. There was nobody in my family. Now, they may not have been murderers and robbers, but they were on their way to an eternity without God. But thank God for Calvary. Can anybody say that with me here this morning? Thank God for Calvary. Oh, Calvary, it's the place. In an evil world where heaven met earth, in an unbelievable day which changed, in fact, the world forever. I realize that we have a generation which they're more interested. In fact, one of the cultural phenomena that folks are trying to research right now is how it is that in just a very short time, people were able to go from the things that inspired them to being completely consumed by their telephones. Texting and all that can be done in what they call a smartphone. There's all kinds of research because it has become a phenomenon. And so we have people that you could say the end of the world is tomorrow, but they have been so impacted by something as minute as a small object that you can just stick in the pocket of your or put in your purse or something as small as that, that we we have become a people that have lost the understanding of what the value of things really are. So here we are in a generation where we are preaching a gospel that says many years ago on a lonely hill, there was an unbelievable moment when the maker of heaven came down to this earth. And it was a place which is called Calvary. It is a place where heaven touched the earth in a powerful way hallelujah i'm telling you today that as i'm preaching i feel the unction and the anointing of the presence of god i remind you that jesus the one who walked on water and calmed the storms that is the one that drew us to that place jesus the one with power over death itself who raised the the dead son right in the middle of the funeral service. I mean, think about it. We're talking about a God. You say, well, Brother French, aren't you confusing it? Didn't, didn't the whole life of Jesus change the world? Wasn't his whole life? Well, of course. We're not trying to say it's all boiled down to that one moment. But what I am trying to say is thank God for Calvary. Had he come and raised the dead and done all the rest, it would have meant absolutely nothing. But the fact that Calvary is the place where eternity was brought down to us. Praise God. What a mighty God we serve. Right in the middle of a funeral service, a young boy, we don't know his age exactly, but I'm going to... I'm going to weigh in on this. He was very young. There are several things that make me believe this, and there are certain biblical scholars that, that agree with me, so that the fact that they agree with me makes them right. And so, no, you know I'm kidding. I don't know how old he was. It's possible We know, for example, when Abraham offered Isaac that he had to have been. Most people think he was a little bitty child. And they going to the Bible said, take a knife and offer him as a sacrifice. But actually, we now know from Hebrew records and all the various scholarship that that's that young son of Abraham's was at least 25 years old, which changes the entire story. Because that means that Abraham, an elderly man, and here his son is. He, he not only is he offering this young man, but that means that his son had to allow this to begin to take place. And so he, when his dad said, I've got to offer you, I've got to take you to the mountain taking a little baby in a car seat he was taking a young son I want to tell you something folks we're serving a God that is greater than everything that we have ever imagined that's the God that we're serving today we are talking about a God that can break in on our world hallelujah Calvary Calvary is speaking to us today hmm So here comes the little funeral procession. And by all indications, Jesus, we, we will use the word accidentally, came upon, just like we do here on Terra quite a bit. We'll see, there'll be a whole line. Just the other day we had, I mean, it looked like the whole city of Indian, of of Atlanta was was being led up the Terra Boulevard. And the police and sometimes you got like it looks like 35, 50 policemen in, in, in different kinds of uniforms on their motorcycles and they're going over then they come over here and then everybody gets off. So we just sort of happen upon now if you keep up with the scanners and the news you might know that okay the some this particular person they're gonna be coming up Terra but just happening upon that time of honoring a person when they have passed and 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 the bible gives every indication i realize that there's no accidents with god i'm not trying not fooled here i'm just trying to tell you that every indication is that this mother was so grieved she was she was filled with emotion i want to tell you something my friend you think that nobody understands who you are nobody recognizes what you're going through but i tell you there is one that knows who you are there's one that knows what you're facing. He's right there. He knows exactly what you're facing and she's grieving and everything she's got was placed in that buyer. bier. B I E R that's an old word. Just sounds nicer than casket. They didn't technically use caskets in those days. So and she's wailing and she's I can just see the tears <laughs> Running down. Have you ever seen someone just really weep? When I pastored in Chicago, it was a gang, one of the big time gang guys that was supposed to be the toughest. I mean, he was... It was like, you know, they used him as the example of m- the meanest, vilest. And he wasn't but 20, I, I want to say 22, but he may have been a little bit older. I just don't remember sure. I think he's 22 or 3 years old. And they let him out, and he, he had a little 4-year-old boy. And he kept his uh, stash. He had a... Drugs and guns, and s- behind a dresser in the bedroom. He got out of prison, he came in, they did all the interviews, and I'll never forget, just like it happened yesterday, because I'll never forget, never forget it. Seeing a young, tough gang member win his little boy somehow figured out how to pull that dresser and push that little, little trap door. Most people think he had seen his, and I'm not judging, I'm not, I'm not judging, I'm trying to tell you that whenever you see true emotion, and that little boy who slipped in there and grabbed that gun out of that little secret area behind the dresser he's just small enough he could kind of slip in and and it was loaded and never forget it never 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 in fact i I, every once in a while it comes to my mind and i i see those tears a guy that never wept at his own trial a young man that was so tough they said this is the toughest guy but when that little boy pulled that trigger accidentally took his own life that young father it was just like you you completely devastated his world and that young gang member was weeping it was uncontrollable and I watched it And I felt it then and I feel it today that here's somebody that couldn't be touched, but there is a place that you can reach. There's a place that's going to touch us. I'm telling you today, I I think we ought to just lift our hands for just a moment. Father, there is a place that we can be touched. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. And Tears begin to flow and Jesus saw this mother and that young boy. I'm going to say... He probably wasn't more than nine or ten years old. That's just my best estimate. And now he's gone. It's it's her entire world. And Jesus, the Bible says, because we know this expression's used throughout the the Gospels, that he saw the passing uh, funeral procession and having compassion... Upon her, a grieving, a grieving mother. He reaches over. See, you're not supposed to, not in Jewish religion, you're not supposed to touch the dead. That all has to be handled a certain way, and that's all part of their, their religious understanding. And so he reaches over, and he touches the young boy, and all of a sudden, that which had no life comes to life. I'm telling you today that there is a place. There is a place. You say, no, 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 Brother French. You're never going to convince me because this world, I don't even believe in all that hocus pocus. But I'm telling you there is a place where you will be convinced. It may not be here. It may not be tomorrow. But there is a place where you will be convinced. And the Holy Ghost is trying to drive it home today. And let us realize under the unction of the Spirit that there is a place that we can find the presence of God. So this is the Jesus that stepped Upon the mount, little hill, we call it the mount. Christians have commonly come to call it Mount Mount Calvary, but just a basically a little tiny hill of a thing. And the Bible says that Jesus could have called ten thousand angels when they crucified him that would have saved him from this tragedy of human evil. He could have escaped easily from that tiny hill in Jerusalem. It would have been quite simple. In fact, Matthew is very eager that we understand that everything that took place, Jesus willingly surrendered himself to that moment. So he could have escaped, but he did not. Instead, Calvary is the place where we now know that Jesus suffered agonizing death, but not for his own trespasses. Calvary, friend, is the place where Jesus drank the cup of death in the most severe manner devised by Roman law, there has never been a people that you say, well, I read one time, you know, the so-and-so, I I know, I know, there's all kinds of things, I'm not trying to pit one against the other, but I will tell you this, you can hardly think of a death that is more agonizing than nailing a human being to a tree. You say, well, what about this? And oh, so there we go. We're trying to find something. Might be a little worse. Or maybe if you did this and did that. And, and, and you know, remember the Chinese culture. They used to do this. And Yes, yes, yes. We all know that. I'm here to tell you that what Jesus did at Calvary so affects us that no matter what else we face in this world. When we see death and nails and a cross by hands nailing a human being. I'm preaching this way. We don't, when we speak of Calvary to our children up in class, we wouldn't. I'm purposely being very visual, perhaps. The Bible said that Jesus, nailed to this cross, was lifted up between earth and heaven. To breathe his last breath. So here we have the son of God. And you say, Brother French, why why are you uh, reminding us of all of this? I'm, I'm talking to you about this place, which is called Calvary. Because every minute of it, every moment of the endurance of that day. Was for you that moment when he breathed his last breath. I'm going to say, you say, Brother Finch, you're like going to preach all day. Well, I've never preached all day. I, I can you check in as world records. I've never preached all day. All right. So Luke says it's the place. It's the place, not a place but the place, not just any place. It's the place where our hopes begin. Every other man faces death too, but only Calvary in the annals of time is the place of death which ends in an empty grave. It is a place of agony. It is the place where the Son of God faced a death that was not his own. And we are told that the un parallel conqueror in this world by the name of Alexander the great they called him of course he was the emperor of one empire do you know what I mean by an empire? He was the emperor of an empire, but then he got in his mind that he was quite a quite a <laughs> quite a warrior so he was going to take over the whole world. In fact, the, the, there there's some interesting historical accounts that Alexander was only what 30 was he 32 I don't remember exactly, but uh, early 30s and The historical ambiguity is that by every account, Alexander the Great was poisoned by someone in his own administration. He definitely died. I mean, it was either poison or some unknown so many hundreds years back that we cannot trace now what it was, but... Others, is, You know, there's any time someone is of the magnitude of a leader like Alexander the Great. But Alexander the Great, some, some historical accounts say that he went so far in the searching after places to conquer that, uh, that it, it became fearful. I want to tell you something. We're living in a world where folks wonder, where is all this going to end? But in the end, it was poison that took his life. But but I'm reading from his own His own journals, I suppose, is where they've taken this account. He commanded, knowing that he had but hours to live, a very young man, a powerful man. He had conquered two empires and was even pressing up against India. He was literally marching into India. I mean, he was literally, there was going to be no place left that Alexander the Great had not conquered. He realized that he was not going to live maybe through the night. I don't know. He commanded all of those to their astonishment that they were to break all custom. They were not to follow protocol. When this most feared man that lived in his day was placed lifeless into the buyer, which is from the very word, comes from the culture in which Alexander the Great lived. The custom was that you would wrap the arms and the hands together. They would be buried this way. They would be viewed almost like a mummy, but they would wrap them, wrap their hands, wrap them up, and then lay them where you could see that it was the person in, intended and so on. In this case, the greatest leader in the world it would be literally tens of hundreds of thousands would, would line the streets. They were going to see him. And this was the command that he gave. You are to break all protocol. And the custom of wrapping the hands in the buyer. As would then later reveal. As the buyer is carried. Before throngs of subjects. The command was this. You are to leave my hands outside the buyer and unwrapped. And in his very critical condition, he signed it and I'm in my right mind. I'm in my right mind. I want my hands outside like this. And all of the super supturedupity folks that are supposed to Supty-doopty is not a real word, but you know what I mean. The folks said, we're supposed to be careful. Oh, my goodness, what are they going to think if we carry out this order when the the most well-known, the most famous, the most powerful man that has ever lived is marched through the streets of his own empire, and his hands are outside of the casket. And Alexander left this word, all of this is to be done that every one of my subjects may see them clearly and that they would witness the death of a world conqueror who possessed the entire world, yet he has left it empty-handed. The most powerful man in the world. It took four people. They split the Grecian world into four and it later became all that took place in history but Alexander the Great at least not as he was buried but as he was marched through the capital city of his great empire hands open and empty I guess what I'm saying from a Chicago gang member to the greatest conqueror in the history of the world that there is a place where we come and we recognize and we see that there is some way or another where we've come to the place where God is able to suddenly break in upon us and what I am preaching today is that we are standing right now on holy ground we are in the presence of God and the moment that we think of the place where the son of God offered his own life when he himself was innocent and he did so for me and for you that the son of God did not come to establish great religions where people would, would become all these fancy folks, but in fact he came because you were in need of a savior may i point out the gospel of luke's commitment to important detail as misplaced judgment unfolded and the place of crucifixion became a reality the bible says they mocked jesus they smote him they hit him and slapped him and they made a game of it One of them, for example, Luke wants to mention this particular person. I wonder sometimes, wouldn't it be interesting to have met them and said, you're you're the guy that did that. You're the guy You actually did that. They were meeting him and and one of them said, come on, Jesus. Prophesy. Because they had put a blindfold on him. And tell us who it was that which one of us just knocked. One of your teeth nearly out. They thought that was great sport. Talk about injustice. And we're afraid in our culture to step on a bug. Who was it that just hit you? But the amazing detail is also included of the common criminal. I hear it most often described as the thief on the cross. There were three crosses there and one thief on both sides. And Luke gives us one of the most amazing bits of detail. And I only need another moment. I just, I have to say this today. I need to be sure that when you think of Calvary this morning, that you recognize that it is a place. It is the place which is called Calvary because there we find Jesus at his very best. A man that was a loser, that had no hope, that had nothing. He was a thief and he found himself at the place called Calvary. I'm talking to somebody today. I am trying to tell you that you can also find this place. All you have to do is enter into the presence of God and all of a sudden something happens to you. The glory of God comes down. I want to tell you I feel sorry for folks whose religion is so dead and boring that they can feel absolutely nothing and yet here we are in the presence of almighty God. We have come to a place in the presence of God. And so one of the thieves, and I only need another moment, so please, 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 here was a dead-ended place. You're going to be killed, crucified. And then there's also this religious nut. We're crucifying him too. And one of the thieves was an absolute numb brain. God help his soul. And he said numb brain's not a word either, but I'm writing a dictionary, so it'll help us later. And so he said, you ought to save save yourself. And you're claiming who you are, you can save yourself. And that loser on the other side said, what is wrong with you? What are you talking about? This man has done nothing. What he's doing here? who am i a loser but i have enough sense to know that i deserve what i'm getting and he turns his head the bible uses an expression that he turned but of course he's being crucified and there's all kinds of theory about the way these two thieves were were treated and so forth but i, I don't i won't go there but but there was all kinds of unique ways that the romans placed people on crosses and of course with nails and so we know that they drove nails through Jesus' hands and very likely these men were hanging there with nails the same as the rest but the point is there they were on hanging on a cross and the Bible said that the thief on the cross cried out remember me no reason in the world to think this guy's gonna have a chance No way in the world, this man. (laughs) Who would have given him a plug nickel? My dad used to talk about plug nickels. They're fake. They look like nickels, but they're just pieces of metal. Nobody would have given, in other words, even a worthless piece of scrap. This is the end for you, bud. And let me tell you something else. I feel the Holy Ghost so powerful I can barely preach this. This young man I'm going to wager that he perhaps he was quite young but I don't know that I don't know for sure it could have been I don't know but I'm going to think I always do think of him as somewhat younger and and there's reasons for that too but let's let me think he cries out remember me That young man had nothing to And that is exactly my point. You don't have to be anything. Or have anything. Because when you find the place. Which is called Calvary. It's not. What you are. Him paradise. That is the place which is called Calvary. Would you stand with me all across the building? I want us to pray together. Some of you know someone today that the devil has said they're worthless. They're no good. They have no hope whatsoever. I wonder if you could just lift your hands and pray with me for them right now or maybe you you know someone that you love very dearly that needs that needs to find God's voice at Calvary. Thank you Lord for your love you gave us at Calvary and for your spirit today. We give you praise in Jesus name. I wonder if you would uh, bow your heads with me. We're going to pray together. I feel so So unworthy to be preaching about Calvary. So please understand that every word I'm saying, I'm saying it from a heart, a contrite spirit. But I wonder if someone today would step out from where you are and you'll just, I want you to come and stand and I want every saint of God that's in this place, I want you to just... As folks step out, I want every... If you, if you love the Lord, if you've got the Holy Ghost and you're serving God, I wonder if you would just step out. And we're going to gather and we're going to be dismissed from right around the front of this building this morning. And you'd just say, Brother French, I know somebody that's needing to find the place that you've been describing today. That's it. Come on. All right. And then as folks are coming, just step out with them. We're going to gather for prayer you don't have to come, of course, but if you'd like to come, I want to pray a special prayer before you leave here today that God will help us to receive what Calvary is all about. And that is Calvary is where the Son of God took my sin on himself. He became sin, Paul said, for me. That's it. Let's lift our hands. Come on. Keep coming. Sister French, go ahead. Whatever that is. Come on. Let's lift our hands. We're going to pray a special prayer here in just a moment. Come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. Come on down. Come on. Come a little closer. Just take a couple steps forward and make room for a few more. There's several others that, that might come. We would just want to make as much room as possible. Father, I was hopeless but, but you, became, you became what I was. You became the sinner. And you stayed there at Calvary to make my life what you meant for it to be. Could you lift your hands? Could you lift that other hand right now? Let's pray a prayer for that person at Calvary right now that's standing nearby. They're looking. They see it. Father, I pray that each and every one of these, Lord, with their, that are seeking you this morning, I ask God for the anointing of the Spirit upon each life. Let the presence of God come down and make a way for that life, oh Lord. Oh, oh one more time. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh. I'm lost. I'm desperate for you, Lord. This is it. Hallelujah. Help us sing it. Oh, and oh. Hallelujah. God, you're going to to work a miracle on our behalf. We thank you for it. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. Father, I pray for a miracle in each and every life right now. Lord, from the front of this service, these that are gathered here, all the way to the very back and into our classrooms, I pray, God, that the needs will be met. The very desperate heart will find the answer that Calvary provides because, Lord, every drop of that blood was shed for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amazing grace How sweet the sound Help me sing it That saved a wretch like me Oh, I once was lost but now i'm found and i was blind but now